Hello, and welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email him at eric.anderson, that's E-R-I-K dot A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at nllutheran.com. Let's get growing. Guys, Pastor Eric here. Thank you so much for listening to the New Life Lutheran podcast. We're continuing our conversations about uh, family devotions, and uh, these are great conversations. Today, we have uh, very special guests with us on the podcast. Um, they are calling in, and so some of the audio quality may not be as good as you've come to expect as we um, are having these conversations about prayer and family devotions. Um, we are having lots of guests, and so um, part of that is technology. Um, and, uh, and so just be aware that the audio quality is going to be a little bit lower than you're used to. The other thing I wanted to make sure you guys knew about is uh, coming up here pretty soon, we have uh, some very exciting things going on in the life of our church. The first is we have our National Back to Church Sunday coming up um, on September 15th, so be aware of that. That's a great opportunity to invite your friends, family, and neighbors um, to get them back into the rhythm of coming to worship services. Also, on the 22nd, we have our Life Group Sunday, which is going to be a celebration of our life groups and an opportunity to get more information and uh, to sign up for life groups then. We also have um, a new uh, group of life groups that's getting started here in September um, on parenting. So on the 25th, we're going to be showing uh, the movie Like Arrows, which is a movie about parenting as and raising Christians. And we will be showing that at the Sterling Downtown Theater. So if you would like more information on that, or you would, you would like to get tickets, you can call the office here at the church. Also, we will be launching um, life groups from uh, that uh, movie. So on that evening, you'll have the opportunity to give us um, some information uh, about yourselves and about your availability. And if you want to be part of a life group, um, you can let us know that information and uh, and we will get you into one of those life groups. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Listen in. Uh, this is a great conversation with great people. And uh, we hope to see you at National Back to Church Sunday at the Like Arrows movie showing. And also would love to see you get plugged in to a parenting life group. Thanks for listening. Well, hello and welcome to the New Life Lutheran podcast. This is Pastor Eric. Thank you for listening today. Um, over the, the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at um, our family devotions and how we do devotions together um, in our families, how we raise Christians in our homes. And, uh, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to be interviewing several families, several parents, um, asking them what they've done, um, getting some tips and tricks from them, and just to hear uh, from from real parents about what they're doing to raise their kids. So with me uh, today, I have uh, two very special people, people close to my heart, um, and I'll let them introduce themselves. But we've I was thinking about this um, before uh, I, I called you guys, and I'm realizing now that our relationship is almost 10 years old. Um, <laughs> we've, we've known each other for almost a decade, so that's... it's kind of crazy. Um, I think we're still a year or two short of that, but it's getting there. So um, 
I, we've known each other for a while now, and and I dearly love you guys. So today we welcome uh, Glenn and Wendy Lorenz, and they are uh, currently uh, working as missionaries in Costa Rica. And so we'll let them kind of talk about um, themselves and their work there. So Glenn and Wendy, why don't you uh, give us a brief introduction to yourselves? Hi, Eric. It's good to be with you today, uh, Glenn Lorenz. And um, like you said, we're working in Costa Rica, and I'm in charge of uh, pastoral formation and uh, church planting kind of uh, in different regions of Latin America. Uh, been married uh, yesterday was our 20 year anniversary. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. And we um, will have an 18 year old in next week. Next week. Mm. So uh, <coughs> the same day she moves into college. Yeah, moves into her dorm. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. We also have uh, three other children. Um, and Personality-wise, um, I don't know if you want to use the movie or either Winnie the Pooh or the movie, uh, what was that one? With Inside Out. Inside Out. Because our youngest would be Joy mm. um, from that movie. She's really happy, gets along with everyone. Um, our second to youngest son, I would say, is more like Eeyore. Is that fair? No, he's not grumpy. He's just reflective. Mm. And kind of a grumpy (laughs) aspect. He's passionate. He is. Mm. Uh, Our second, our oldest son is, I would say, like a tigger. Mm -hmm. Full of life, Mm. very enthusiastic, and ready to to jump in something. And our oldest is very intellectual, very mm. in her head, and um, has so many great things to share, but sometimes you just have to figure out how to unlock those things. Mm. My role as a mom is, well, when when I finished language school, I felt like God was, like, what was my purpose? And mm. I felt like God gave me my purpose statement, and it was to... Um, partner with Glenn to parent our children to prepare for the future, which includes ministry and to pray for our ministry. So mm-hmm. that's really kind of how I would wrap my responsibilities in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you both have been um, Christians for all your life. Is that correct? Yes. We were raised in the church. We're both ordained elders <clears throat> in the Free Methodist Church. And in in kindergarten um, at a Christian school, uh, when the teacher said, "Does anybody want to accept Jesus into their heart?" I raised my hand. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I would say that there was some sort of a conscious awareness that something was happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're all maturing our yeah. whole entire life, right. but that was kind of an initial anchor point for me that I can mm-hmm. that I remember. Uh, so, so you both have been Christians your whole life, um, and uh, you've you've both been involved in ministry in various capacities. Uh, you didn't mention this, but you've both been to seminary, uh, so you're both um, trained, um, educated in Christian ministry. Um, so, talk to us a little bit about what what your faith means means to you. Um, and how you uh, have incorporated following Jesus and your faithfulness um, to him, to the church, into your family life? Well, that's a really easy question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
the the older I get, we're we're getting closer to fifty each day, and I feel like the older I get, the more I realize um, everything is about Jesus, mm. and there's no reason to do anything that isn't for that purpose. Mm. And so, part of it is for me to be mentally healthy, but it's really so I can be mentally healthy, so I can pursue my relationship with Jesus. And Costa Rica does not need me. They need Jesus. And my children do not need me. They need Jesus. And so I know you can take that too far, but I just really come to the point where um, without that purpose, without pursuing Jesus and what, where he is leading us, it's, it's for foolish gain. And Mm. so how we've incorporated that in our family, um, I think with rhythms of realizing that rhythms are a part as a healthy part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I love using the church calendar as as a way of doing mm-hmm. rhythms in our family, of ways of focusing on different aspects mm-hmm. of um, the kingdom of God and understanding that kingdom. Um, at the as huge as it is, understanding different aspects of it, mm-hmm. and I love being able to Advent time really focusing on Jesus coming again mm-hmm. and um, Lent, the idea of really the the depth and the richness of what it meant that He died on the cross for mm-hmm. our sins, and and just really entering into those seasons, understanding that we cannot see the full picture of who mm. Jesus is, mm-hmm. but we can understand more. We, mm-hmm. we can know more about him, but it's so much beyond us. And mm-hmm. his, who he is, is beyond what I think we can tangibly hold on to. So we can hold on little pieces mm-hmm. and we can say, okay, I can understand him through this way. That was really good, huh? Kind of made me forget the question, but um, I think um, for us, faith, life, the church for me has become the organizing principle of our life, honestly. So um, in terms of just weekly rhythms or daily habits, things like that, um, church work has has kind of kind of forces the issue. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the other side of that coin is um, if you set yourself into expecting the church to carry the the weight of your faith, mm. you know, sermon preparation or, or children's ministry or whatever, you know, the children's ministry will take care of my kids. And then you lose track of their spiritual development. Mm. Um, I think that. I think that that is detrimental. I think that that can actually um, be a problem. I guess you'd say mm-hmm. in terms of so there's good there's benefit that the, that we're always around you know the church and we're able to participate in the church and faith is kind of an organizing principle is the organizing principle of our life and the thing that we have to watch out for in that is mm-hmm. that we set ourselves in autopilot or whatever mm-hmm. and just expect that mm-hmm. to happen. So, Wendy, you um, 
you mentioned that you guys utilize the church calendar to set up rhythms and how you have spiritual conversations with your kids and how you teach um, about the work of Jesus and, and the work that he's doing in the world. So what are some other like uh, kind of devotional activities, um, like practical things that you guys do um, in those seasons, kind of week in, week out, day to day? How do you set up devotional activities for your kids to help incorporate the faith? Yeah, I think it, it really depends on um, going back to the seasons, what season your family's in. But some things that I realize that are crucial for setting up the space is making a plan for it to happen. Mm. So if you're if you're not planning, and then it will just not happen, mm. right? And so it's really good if you kind of say, okay, what time is bedtime? Let's say devotions were going to last twenty minutes. So go back and leave yourself a half hour buffer before you're, you need to move on to something else. Because mm. some nights it really will be 20 minutes and we're done. But sometimes they want to have conversation. Mm. And leaving space in, in your life, leaving margin for those kind of conversations. Um, I, I read a great book about listening to God and, and leaving space to listen to God, leaving space for your children to learn these things. I was at a a Christian ministry conference a few years ago, and the Holy Spirit really convicted me about when my children were little, I needed to be Moses for them, and I needed to be the one to to go between them and God and to teach mm. them how to listen to God. But now that my kids are teenagers, I need to step aside mm. mm-hmm. and that they need to have that intimacy with God. And I don't need to be distracting mm. God from working specifically in their heart. And of course, God can have that relationship, you know, without sure. me. But there, there is something about parenting where you are kind of being that Moses uh, mm. between your children and God and, we're getting to that age where I have to make sure I am not distracting them mm-hmm. from that personal relationship with God and letting God speak to them um, on their own and not necessarily only through their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that Deuteronomy moment, right? Where he says, you have these options between life and death, between wisdom and foolishness, you know? So you you decide, you know, you must... Um, you must make it make a choice about which which way you're going to go, and then you have to go on the mountain and die. <laughs> right. a, you have to get out of the way. So that's great. That's great, Glenn. What do you think? Um, just thinking practice wise, practical things that we've done. So when uh, Lent comes around, we pull out the candles and mm. we start yeah. um, extinguishing candles. You know, so forty candles, little votives. You know, the cheap mm-hmm. little twenty five centers, and you, and the first day is 40 of them. The second day is 39, you know, kind of yeah. like a tenor bracer, just little things. When Advent comes around, we light them up again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, not 40 of them, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so practices, routines, kids get it. The first, when we first were starting this, you know, it was a lot more of a, um, I wouldn't say discipline challenge, but a lot more bringing attention back, bringing attention, but now they understand. Sure. They sit. They sit quietly. Hey, we don't use phones right now. We don't. Talk, this isn't a talking time. This is a listening time, or this is a talking time. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And they respond well to that. Mm. And so we turn. We sit down in the living room. We turn off 
um, most lights in the house. That's partly a conservation thing, partly save money, but <laughs> it's it's also setting, uh, you know, an mm-hmm. expectation. We're we're winding down for the night, mm-hmm. um, and all that kind of thing. So those are some things. Uh, routines. Can you think of any other kinds of practical things? Yeah, I think also don't think that we do it perfectly. No. Like it's not like we no. do. 30, 40 candles. I think we went from like 40 to 30 to 20 to 10. Like, <laughs> seriously, like yeah. it just, life gets busy. We forget yeah. it sometimes. And so, um, but I love the hands-on. I love the tangible mm, things. Mm. We did a Jesse tree when they were little mm. and, and they still enjoy, even my teenagers still enjoy that, that expectation. Mm. And so um, doing different Books, different, yeah. tangible, hands-on thing, I think has been really hmm. helpful for them as they have grown and they still like it, even though they're teenagers. Mm. We tend to read some kind of a story, you know, a chapter, maybe five minutes of it, and then, or 10 minutes or whatever, depending on how interesting the story is. Mm-hmm. And then we'll read a scripture and then we'll pray together. Um, the Right now we're reading basically sections from mere Christianity by Mm. C.S. Lewis. They're really short chapters. Then we'll talk about it. Um, mostly to hear for understanding, make sure that our youngest is keeping up. Our youngest is 11. And so Mm -hmm. she's 12. Oh, she just turned 12. (laughs) Sorry. That was pretty recent. Nice. Nice Yeah. That's good. Um, so anyway, just to check for understanding and stuff like that, um, read and talk. So, Mm -hmm. What kind of prayers did you teach to your kids as they were growing up, and how do you utilize um, maybe rote prayers or set prayers um, in in your devotions now? For meal times, we often did um, we either sing or do some kind of little memorized prayer. As they've gotten older, they've gotten more to more personal out of their mm. <clears throat> own minds. One thing we did uh, when they were like preschool age, we had a prayer cube mm-hmm. and there was different prayers and then you could roll the cube and then mm-hmm. um, we would read the prayer off of that cube. And it it was kind of fun. It was, it was just kind of a unique idea yeah. of ways of not just saying the same prayer at lunch, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. And so I think the only way our children – and I'm speaking specifically about our children, would pray out loud is practice at home. And so I think practicing to pray in front of each other Mm. has been really important. It's not something our children are real comfortable with. Sure. um, But I think it's been a good practice for them. And then when they're with their cousins or at a youth group, they will Mm. pray. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to give a space in our home for our children to have that practice because it it's uncomfortable. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's um, I don't know what to say. I, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's been a good practice for them. Oh. We went through a season when we did the Shema at each meal. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And we do it in Hebrew also. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we did that for a while and that's at mealtime 
that we would do that. I can I just say I think that mealtime grace is really foundational. I know it mm. kind of seems maybe I don't know. Maybe it seems like just a routine that we do, but what I, what it does to to return thanks is to recognize that we didn't put this food on our table by yeah, ourselves. That's right. And I think gratitude is a foundation is the foundation mm-hmm. for any theistic kind of understanding mm-hmm. for any theist, um, whether Christian or not, but certainly for Christians to recognize that, that we are needy and we are dependent. Yeah. And that's what, and so I think that that's foundational even, even apart from what you might consider normal, quote, devotional time or whatever, mm-hmm. or quiet time. But that mealtime routine, I think, has been significant for yeah. us. We went through a time of transition where we we were living with my mom and dad for four months before we went to Costa Rica. And I would take the youngest two and drop them off at grade school. And it was – they had – only been in this uh in michigan for four for a few months they didn't really have friends there that mm-hmm. it wasn't really their idea of, of somewhere they wanted to be and so i would do a blessing every day it was the same blessing mm. and it became kind of one of those foundations for mm. our kids our whole family does it when someone leaves our home we try to do it with them and it's just become a a way of um, reminding them Mm-hmm. of who they are and who's there. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I remember um, I very vividly the first time I had a meal at your guys' house. Um, and it's when we, we were both at Central and um, – and and Glenn, you were you were the theology and ministry department head at the time, and so I don't remember why. Maybe it was like a mixer, you know, a departmental mixer where you had the students over at your house, or maybe we just were over for some reason. But I remember sitting at your table and you guys praying the Shema with your family. And I grew up in a household that didn't ever pray, you know, uh, my in a split household where my I have one parent who is a believer, one parent who isn't. We just didn't faith was not integrated into our family life. And I just remember I had never except for my extended family, I had never seen a family pray before a meal or pray together like that. And uh it was it was like almost overwhelmingly emotional <laughs> for me <laughs> at the time because I had never experienced that. Um so I know that I've even benefited from your your devotions as a family, um, doing that before mealtime, praying together. We, we've kind of touched on this a little bit. I want to hear, um, and and uh, just to maybe give also some more context, um, it, Wendy, you have experience in children's ministry, and mm-hmm. so you have um, uh, some experience and some training and uh, more a wealth of knowledge that maybe others don't. Um, and so can you just help us understand why, um, and, and you've, you've hinted at it a little bit, but maybe a little bit more systematically, why it's important for us to pray together at mealtime and do devotions um, with our families to, to do these activities, even though um, sometimes they may seem trite um, or they may seem un- unimpressive, um, why, why they're important and why they're necessary in, in the lives of our children. I went to a conference and it was called Think Orange. And so the idea is that the church is yellow, the family is red, and then they need to come together Mm -hmm. and it creates orange. And so the church and the family can 
work together to help our children grow up in the faith and to, as another um, ministry calls it, sticky faith. That they're that it's faith that they follow through with. Mm-hmm. It's, and they stay grounded in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, when we looked at that as children's ministers, we get, I think it's like up to four hours a week with kids Mm, mm -hmm. and the families, the schools obviously get a huge share, but the families get so much time. Mm -hmm. And so you mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, aunts, you know, good friends of the family. These are the people investing in the lives of their children. Mm. And so I just think it's such a huge opportunity and a huge privilege to be able to invest spiritually in, mm. in the lives of our children. And a lot of times it's introducing the topic in devotions, but it's more than that. It's when they're going to bed and continuing the conversation, mm. Mm. or it may spark a, a conversation. It's talking about their hearts and keeping their hearts soft and tender and, um, when you go through struggles, when you go through disappointments, mm-hmm. when you go through um, sinful behavior in the kids, there's a foundation to go back to. Where, mm-hmm. where do we go back to? We go back to Scripture. Mm-hmm. What does Jesus say about this? Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about this? What, where is our goal? And I just think it's, it's kind of the, the foundation mm-hmm. of everything else that gets built on because it's those conversations that, allow other conversations that keep us grounded mm. in Christ. Mm. I think of also the, um, we did a, a book during devotions uh, a few months back, good pictures, bad pictures. And it was talking about pornography with the kids. Mm. And, you know, we have teenagers and they were just like, this is a little mm-hmm. bit too young for us, but it was such good content. Mm. And our kids still, there was like a a saying. There's like an acrostic, can do. Can do. And so they still, like we still talk about oh, wow. that in our mm-hmm. family. And so these are life um, foundational things that everybody mm. needs to learn how to deal with. Mm-hmm. It, whether, you know, specifically pornography, but all of us struggle with sin. All of us struggle with things. And so what are tools that we can um so, uh, what was the word to give them to mm-hmm. be able to support them as they become adults and mm-hmm. have to, you know, make decisions on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes um, that made me think of this. Sometimes we'll do things at an age appropriate level for our youngest. And then the, and the oldest know that this is for the youngest and, and they just, you help them to understand that they're part of helping their younger oh, siblings wow. to grow and develop. And so this can do thing, this acrostic, they'll, they'll use it like making fun of it, like sure. funny little, yeah, whenever, <laughs> whenever possible, they'll throw a little line out and say, Oh, um, what, I don't even know what the lines are, but you know, look away or something like that. That's obviously not one of them because L isn't it, but um, you know that they've got it then. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's still part of them, mm-hmm. even though they're making they're using it in a funny way. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
So uh, for you guys looking back, you have um, you mentioned you have one going into college, and your youngest one is um, in grade school. Is that correct? Still in grade school or going into middle school? Going into okay. seventh grade. Okay, so, so you have middle school, high school, and now um, one going to college. So um, maybe looking back um, at um, the younger years when your children were younger and when you guys were still still adding to your family, um, what are some tips that you would give? Uh, young families or families who are uh, couples who are getting ready to have kids, what are some tips that you would give them and how to raise, raise Christians well? I think my number one tip would be give yourself grace. Mm. I think our society does not give parents grace. Mm. And so we want to be great parents. We want to not screw up our kids. We don't want them, you know, to have baggage. And so we work so hard that, I think sometimes we don't enjoy the moments. Mm. And so give yourself grace. Enjoy enjoy the moments. They're, they're just God. Mm-hmm. Give yourself partial credit, right? So if we partial don't do sure. mm-hmm. if we don't do family devotion seven nights a week, we've done them maybe four, maybe sure. five. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do better, but right. we'll go for the partial credit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's routine. It's it's building yeah. it's building rhythm, structure, tradition. Um anchor points for your children and give yourself partial credit if they're doing well, because it's not all you. That's right. That's right. Too. And if they're not doing well, it's not all you, Sure, you know, right. these mm-hmm. kind of, I feel like, um, I was a homeschool mom and I'm going back into that. And I feel like as a, like homeschool moms put so much pressure on themselves. And I just finished when Libby went to school in fourth grade, I just finished and I felt horrible like I just didn't do enough and she's great I mm-hmm. mean she's she got into school and she ended up with all A's and and I know that wasn't you know because of me but I felt like when we went to public school I hadn't done enough for her mm. and she was great and so I think we just have to as parents stop putting so much pressure on ourselves mm. and um Understanding really, it's 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 God who's doing a work here, and we're just part of helping Him do that work. I think priorities and practices, I think, are the things that I might. Those are the centers. Because your kid, if your kids aren't your priorities, I don't know how to say that. Right? We're not child-centered parents, right? We, we're kingdom-centered. We're kingdom-minded. We're doing. We're living our life for Christ. But our children, we want to be with them, I guess is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. when I say prioritizing them. We we had them so that we could be with them. And yeah. so <laughs> that's why we had children. So, I, But I think that <clears throat> I'm guessing that children can sense when you um, really don't want to be with them mm. or when you don't, when they're not your priority. Like if you're sitting there staring at your screen when they're trying to ask you a question, obviously – you're communicating to them. I mean, you've done that. You've gone up to somebody who's on their screen and mm. care more about their screen than they do about you. Yeah. Your kids know that. They sense that. And if they're not they're your priority, then that's selfishness. And we're all selfish at times, you know. But if, if you're living a predominantly selfish life, you're going to have, yeah. um, I think, problems. Uh, I think you're going to have problems passing on your faith to your mm. kids because mm. they're not going to feel uh, loved by you. So probably and then practices, just the things that you do. If you think you value something, then find a practice that supports that or that displays that. 
that passes that on. So the family devotions thing is because we value um, Christian education and Christian application. Um, that's why we have this practice that supports mm. that. I just want to plug one more thing okay. because it's something that I think, I guess it fits into that question that you just asked. Um, we just went to a conference called Together Family or something like that. And I got this book that I think I would have been using had I known about mm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called A Guidebook for Married Couples and Households with Children. It's called Family Devotions. And what they re- what this guy recommends is doing it around the dinner table mm-hmm. so you're not so you're using your dinner table time because I know it's hard. Not all families can find that right before bedtime time. But I think eating together is a significant spiritual act as a community act. Mm -hmm. Uh, So finding a meal to do together. And then this basically says they do a, a hymn, a prayer creed or scripture, an old Testament reading, a catechism review, mm-hmm. so one or two or three questions for memory, um, a New Testament reading, and then a family prayer time where they have a journal. Mm-hmm. This guy says you do as much as or as little as you have time for. Yeah. And so and that's that partial credit, give yourself grace kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But if you, I mean, I'm not, you don't even have to buy the book or whatever, um, but that idea, him prayer, creator, scripture, Old Testament reading, catechism review, New Testament reading, family prayer time, slash journal. I think that would do it. And he was saying you don't do it after dinner, you do it through the meal. Through dinner? Yeah. Mm, That's good. Thank you guys for being on our podcast. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, Love you too. Glad to be here. Yeah. And and blessings on you guys as you uh, finish up your furlough here in the States and your work here in the States and head back to Costa Rica. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.